801 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Stay warm out there. Be safe, too. Drive carefully. And enjoy the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. You're listening to it right now, of course. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program, it's underway. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. That music on a Monday can only mean one thing. It's time now for Ian McIntyre, a presentation of Grip Auto and Tire. He joins us now on the Halbro Experience. Good morning, iMac. How are you? I'm doing well. We could all in, uh, use some Grip uh, Auto and Tire grip on the road yeah it is it, we i think it was my odometer or whatever the, the the screen on my car it was minus eight at the uh, coming in this morning it was bitterly cold i am um, i mean come on if we're gonna pay this for real estate we, we can't have minus eight here we may as well go live in the prairie so I, I agree, agree. we should build a dome i agree <laughs> dome it retractable roof and to add to the local malaise we've got the hockey team laying yet another egg on Saturday, we, I mean, we've talked about this a few times, and almost you have to take a step back, and I don't know if marvel is the right word, but we are marveling at it. That's the fourth 5-1 loss that the Canucks have had at home this season, and we are at, what, game 31 or 32? It's, it's again, not the right word, but remarkable, Ian. No, I think, I think you could marvel at it because it doesn't seem possible, right? Like a professional hockey team, especially once you've done it a couple of times, you'd kind of think, been there, done that, let's not do it again. Uh, it, it's, they don't, uh, they don't stand prosperity very well. Like any time they seem to have had, you know, and, and the Wednesday game in Calgary, that was a, That was a really good performance by them. The final 40 minutes of that game was about as well as, as they've played maybe since that early game against Pittsburgh, when the Penguins were still trying to get their stuff together. You know there was there was so much to take away from that that was that was positive, and then they come home and they have another one of these U-turns, which, as you point out, we've we've seen several times. They just uh, it seems impossible to think that a team that loses its first seven games could could be complacent about anything. You know, no matter how many they win. You think that they they would not lose that sense of urgency, but this team just seems unable to go, you know, more than a, a couple or three games with with positivity without just having one of these giant step backs. After the game, Ethan Bear said to me, and and I wish I had more time, but it was it was deadline, so I I'd like to talk to him more about it because of course he comes from. A different experience. It wasn't a happy experience necessarily for him last year in Carolina, but it certainly was a winning experience. He was part of a team that won a lot of games. And he said, uh, when I talked to him, you know, we need to just stop having so much fun and get to work. And I think what he's referring to, but again, I'd love to talk to him more about it, is this this idea of complacency or culture, which of course we've talked about a lot. That you know these guys they genuinely like playing with each other. You know Bruce Boudreau is a very positive coach, and and he has said 
you know, how positive the group is that, you know, they're upbeat in, in practice and they go into every game expecting they're going to win. And, and the guys have played together, uh, most of them for a couple years or more now, and they all like it. It's really nice for them to play together. Well then play better and maybe you'll stay together, you know, have more success. I thought it was an interesting observation by Ethan Bear. Ian, you've covered the Vancouver Canucks for a long time. What what was your first, what was your first year on the beat? Uh, when Pavel Bury arrived, nineteen ninety one, ninety two. Okay, so you've seen some good teams. You've seen some pretty bad teams. Do you think this Canucks team needs to start over? Do you think they need to tear it down and rebuild? Well. <clears throat> I know this is a a popular uh, talking point these days. I've never seen a Canuck team that started over and tore down and rebuilt. So I don't know what what to compare it to. Uh, I would say to that question, and again, it's coming up a lot, I would say that if, if you tear down and rebuild something, a team, if you in that process, can find Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, and Thatcher Demko, you think, man, we're well on our way. We've, we've, got, we've got our fa- three foundational pieces. Now all we need to do is build out the team. That's what I would think. That if I was trying to rebuild, I'd be looking to try to draft, because you can't trade for them, draft a player like Elias Pettersson who'd be a great two-way center, and Quinn Hughes and, and Demko. So the Canucks already have them. So I don't understand, really, the idea that you now need to get rid of, of everyone, possibly including them, and, and start over. Uh, especially if, to do that successfully, you know, are you, are you talking about, you know, three years from now you'd be a competitive team? Because... Pedersen's on a short-term contract right now. You need you need him again. Hughes is is on a six-year deal, and he's a couple of years into it, and then he's going to need a new uh, like. And Demko has three years left after this. Uh, I think you have those guys here, so you know you need to make the team better. That part is clear. We all understand that. There's no argument. You need to make the team better. But uh, I don't really understand the logic that you have these core players here. Why not try to build around them now? Well, the logic for my sense is I don't believe those three players are can stack up to you know Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr, you know, or or, or some of the other you know Sidney Crosby and Jenny Malcolm. Like I yeah, but Jason, uh, that's that's absurd comparison. Why like, those it, t- it, those those are the types of players that win Stanley Cups, future Hall of Famers. That's yeah, that you you just named you know, two teams out of 32. So that's the standard that you want. Yes, a Stanley Cup winning team. That's the standard that I want, yeah. Okay. Well, you could put, you could put Tampa with, with Hedman and Vasilevsky. Well, they've got more than just Yeah, two. I'd put them too, yeah. Okay. So do you, do, you believe, like, do you believe that the Canucks could, if they built properly around Pedersen and Hughes and Demko, like that's a Stanley Cup contending team? Because that's maybe where the disagreement comes from. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen them do it, but it, it, if if you're asking me, do I think 
that those core players that, that I've named with the right players around them could challenge for a Stanley Cup. Yes, I think Elias Pettersson's good enough mm-hmm. to win a Stanley Cup someday. Quinn Hughes is the best defenseman this franchise has ever had, and that part I'm sure about. Yeah, yeah. And and Thatcher Demko right now, uh, you know, it's kind of murky because he's ha- he had such a, a perplexing and astonishingly poor start by his standard before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. But I still think he's one of the best goalies in this league. He just has to get his 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 game together. And and yes, I think he he has that that drive and that gleam in his eye to to play for a championship as well. So, yeah, I think those guys can win a championship if they have the right players around them. And the problem is, and, and again, stating the obvious, they haven't had the right players around them. The la- that was the failure of the last regime. They got to a certain point, uh, the playoff bubble, where they were a competitive team, but then they went backwards. Instead of going forward from Edmonton in 2020, they went backwards. Mm-hmm the next two years, and now, you know, I wouldn't say they've gone backwards under Rutherford and Alvin, but again, we're wondering, uh, are they going forward? Where are they, how are they going forward? So, uh, you know, yes, I, I would hang on to these players, and I would try to find the right pieces to go with them. When um, Patrick Alvin is asked about his plan... And he gets, you can sense a a little bit of frustration on his part, um, similar to your frustration, actually. But when when you have him, um, when you have him saying that our plan is just to build, is like, is that a plan or is that um, what? Do do you think the Canucks have a plan? And if they do, can you explain it? Uh, I think uh, I don't. No, I, you can't. I can't get inside his head. First of all, I was working, so I didn't hear the segment. I, I saw snippets of it, um, so I can't tell you what he was, you know, what he intended. You would have to ask him that. But I think, you know, this idea, you know, when you asked me a few minutes ago how long I've been covering the team and should this team start over, and I said, well, I don't know because I've never, I've never seen it happen. This this term that you're describing and the philosophy you're describing has only been a thing in you know the last ten years or so. Like in when Pat Quinn took over the Canucks, and I wasn't covering the team then, but I was going to journalism school, so I certainly was following them. Mm-hmm. Nobody used the word rebuild, or you got to tear it down and build it over. And you know the but that's. I guess that's maybe what what he did, but it was easier to make make trades at that time. Yeah, way but all easier. it felt like all it felt like he was trying to do, and all it felt like every team was trying to do, was to make themselves better, to get better, make good trades, draft good players, yeah, coach them properly, develop them well, make your team better, and, and I think honestly, that's what most teams are still trying to do. There are some cases, you know, Montreal's an example uh, of a team that sort of has came out and stated, we're going to do, we're going to do this. We're going to start over. You know, the Rangers are are a famous recent example, you know, where they sent the letter to their season ticket holders saying, uh, we're not good enough. So we're going to 
try and start over. They didn't use that term, I think, exactly, but we knew, we understood what it meant. Um, but then, of course, they went out and signed Panarin, and they had Zabinajad, and, and Montreal has long-term contracts as well that they are going to have a hard time getting getting out of. So, uh, I, as far as you know, trying to get better, I think most teams are, are just trying to get better as they go. I think the Canucks are trying to get better as they go. They've just failed at it so far. We're speaking to Ian McIntyre of Sportsnet here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Hi, Mac. You mentioned you were working the game on the weekend, and you got – I actually, the, the quotes that you got from Bear in the piece were pretty interesting too because he had very specific things about uh, what the Canucks weren't doing that successful teams like the one that he played on in Carolina did do. And, you know – it's a largely with this current group. It's trying to solve the riddle, the enigma of, of complacency. Why is this team complacent? You hear Boudreaux talk about it. Seemingly after every loss that he's at, a, he's at a loss as to why this team either doesn't start on time or doesn't have the energy or doesn't have the intensity. Are they any closer to figuring this out? Or is that maybe the identity of this current group? Uh, I, I, think, I think they are who we think they are, just like the Bears. You know they are who we thought they they were. Right. Uh, this is this is just a fundamental flaw. Until they prove otherwise, to me, this is a fundamental flaw of the makeup of the group. And I think it's again, I hate to keep using the c word, but this is all part of the culture that that this new regime has been talking about since since they took over. That they have this this flaw with within them that they they. They seem to be uh, unable on a nightly basis. And remember when Alvin first, soon after he took over, he, did, he didn't even talk just about the games. He talked about practices and, and, and the attitudes players needed to have all the time. Uh, right now, they don't, they don't have that. And they obviously hoped that bringing in Curtis Lazar, retaining Luke Shen, remember at the deadline last year how how Alvin had told Shen ahead of time, "Don't worry, you're not going anywhere," and then said publicly after the deadline, "This is a guy we need. We're gonna we need him to to basically lead and teach younger players." The, this is why they have guys like that, but but obviously it's not having uh, the effect that they had hoped for. It would it would help if Lazar had. You know, had a had a stronger start, but it's it's not as easy as you bring in two or three guys who come from winning organizations, and their magic dust is going to is going to rub off on other players, and suddenly guys who have never won are going to figure out how how to win. It's not as it's not as simple as that. You need you need these core players that we're arguing about. You need them to understand that. And then you need stronger players around them to understand the same thing. And right now the team hasn't figured out how to win. That part is brutally evident to all of us and was evident again on Saturday. 
Boudreaux said that the team that won in Calgary wasn't even the same team as the one that lost to St. Louis on Saturday. So now we get to see which one, or sorry, lost to Winnipeg on Saturday. So now we get to see which one shows up tonight against the Blues at Rogers. Who knows, right? Roll the dice. Yeah. Yeah. A a reminder, everyone, this magical grab bag of team. uh, Puck drop is 730 tonight. So IMAC, with that, we'll let you go. Thanks for doing this as always. Hope you enjoyed the soccer game too, IMAC. It was Man, incredible, huh? It, yeah. it was so good. That's yeah. why sports is so good. I, I I won't waste your time. I need you know. I know you need to go to break, but this is why sports is instant history, and you recognize it as you're seeing it. You're witnessing history live, and there's not many other things in our lives that give us that kind of reward and that kind of in, instant understanding of of what it all means. Yeah, just when you think you've seen pretty much everything you can see in sports, you get something like that. It was pretty cool. Thanks, IMAC. Appreciate this. All right, guys. Have a good week. Thanks, Ian. Thanks. That's uh, Ian McIntyre, Sportsnet's very own here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, IMAC, a presentation of Grip Auto & Tire. Quality service you can trust in 14 locations to serve you. I imagine all 14 of those locations will be pretty busy over the next few days if they weren't already going into the weekend because it is treacherous out there. I'm doing my, uh, my traffic reports and updates. Really oh, you keep, love traffic. I love traffic. Is that your real dream? My dream is to one day beat traffic. Your 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 real dream is to have a uh, a soccer sh- uh, show that also gives a lot of traffic updates. I like traffic updates. Because <laughs> traffic is like you. It's not supposed to be a competition, but you kind of make it a competition. Like your goal is to beat it, right? Mm-hmm. Your goal is to somehow outdo traffic. But right. Tra- traffic is it's a mighty mighty powerful foe. Mm-hmm. It's constant. People don't know how to do it. <laughs> it's, it's great, right? So uh, I guess a Highway 1 is a disaster. Uh, there's like multiple spun-out vehicles everywhere, uh, basically from the Portman to Vancouver. So uh, basically, it, well, the other reason I always do it is because I know we've still got a large listenership that is listening to us whilst in traffic. Right. So I want to like reach out to these people, commiserate with them, know that while I'm not in traffic, I'm trying to... Make your commute as enjoyable as possible, but also empathize, sympathize with the, the, the poor motorists right now. Do you know what? Talking about the Canucks is kind of like being stuck in traffic. It's true. Because you see no way out. Yeah. No way out of this traffic. There's roadblocks. No way out for the Vancouver Canucks. Speaking of the Canucks. Um, bad tires. That analogy didn't work as well. Okay. Be quiet now. Okay. Elliot Friedman and uh, Jeff Merrick. Just released uh, their latest, is it the 32 Thoughts podcast? Laddie, uh, obviously. That is correct. Once again, the guys are leading with the Vancouver Canucks. I, I hope uh, that all the Leafs fans that and Eastern hockey fans that listen to Free Jameric, listen to their show, listen to uh, the podcast, are getting really frustrated hearing all about this uh, Vancouver Canucks team because now they know how we feel when everything else seems to lead with Toronto. Um, the Canucks this that's that, actually interesting, though. The, the stuff they lead with most of the time. The, the Canucks are like that famous Ravel tweet where it's like, this is terrible <laughs> for our country, but what great content. Like, that's the Canucks right now. Yeah. They're ruining the rest of the country, but amazing, amazing content. Some uh, interesting stuff about Bo Horvat and Horvat's frustration with the report that got out that he rejected the offer from the Vancouver Canucks. Remember when we were asking the question, why did Horvat release that statement? Like, that's unusual. And a lot of people surmise that, like, this is the guy that's frustrated. He's angry 
that this stuff has gotten out and he wants to put a statement out and yet he put it through the Canucks. So he didn't put it through his agent and he didn't put it, he didn't just say it himself. He did put it through the Canucks, but he did put out a statement that he says he doesn't really want to talk about this anymore. Uh, Perhaps this can add some context to that. I think what Bo Horvat had indicated was he was upset that it got out that he'd recently turned down an offer as reported by Rick Dollawall. He didn't like that. You know, Bo Horvat is a guy who believes summers are for talking and seasons are for playing. And, you know, one of the things I think that's gone on here, and this is my guess into the situation, is that Bo Horvat has instructed his representatives not to negotiate with the Canucks. However, what I also think he's indicated is if the Canucks want to present offers to his reps, they're allowed to do that. I just don't think his group is supposed to initiate. That's the way I see it. Anyway, he was upset that it got out, and I think he let the organization know he didn't like it. So I think they're really trying to be a bit more careful with Horvat. So the problem with... Um, now, I, I, I guess Horvat would be open to a new offer from the Vancouver Canucks, but what it sounds like is he's not going to initiate so, yeah. any talks. But like, they have to make a decision before the trade deadline. They can't just say, okay, well, we'll deal with this in the offseason because... Or can they? No, they can't. They can't. They'd be, they'd, that would be irresponsible management, and they've said as or much. Or would they, it be? Okay. <laughs> Your follow-up questions aren't, aren't, aren't the best. That's not, it's basically just reiterating what he said. Journalism 101, asking him the just, question with a question? Just tweak a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Are you sure? <laughs> Is this Journalism 101? question mark uh i you know the only reason i'm i'm doing this like little exercise here is because to annoy me yeah no no, you know i'm 10 seconds away from snapping there's that part of it which is fun but also i'm not i I go back to my original thesis off the top of the show i have no idea what to predict and i don't think anything is off the table with this group yeah like i think if they're in a playoff push and the deadline comes around they're like well we can't trade horvat he's our he's our captain Leading score. See? Now, that's what I'm saying. You thought my questions were stupid, but now I got No, I, I don't think it'll get to that. I don't, I don't think it should. No, no, no. I don't think it should get to that. No, I don't think it will. I don't, think, I don't care about shooting or whatever. Like this, it, w- here, it will not get to that. They, Are they you making a definitive statement? Bo Horvat, yes. So you'll, you're Bo saying, what's, what's the deadline? March 3rd, right? I she- will come over and vacuum your house. Sweet. If Bo Horvat First is, still a, is still a Canuck after the trade deadline without a contract extension. So you're saying by March 3rd, which is the trade deadline. He'll either be he'll re-signed either or, traded. or traded. Yes. Sweet. Okay. And, and if not, I will come over and vacuum your house. Little hint, kind of enjoy vacuuming. I'm excited for getting the house vacuumed. This is great. Yeah. Um, no, I don't get me Win-win. wrong. Win-win. Yeah, this is great. I'm not going to vacuum until March 3rd now either, by the way, just yeah. in anticipation of this. The dust bunnies are... It's gonna, it, your house is going to be like uh, when Marge went to Rancho Relaxo. That's right. <laughs> the baby's wearing a Crown <laughs> Royal Hal- bag. Yeah. <laughs> Halford's, uh, his his floor is just moving. Yeah, and guy's why like, is the floor rippling? Hey, hey watch it. <laughs> Stupid babies need the most attention. That's right. Hey, boy, you want to make garbage angels? Woo! Okay, no, but I mean, I'm... I'm I'm being a tad facetious and kind of going over the top here, but I'm also just bringing this up to underscore where I think a lot of people's confidence index is at with 
Is there a plan? What's the plan? Can you orchestrate the plan? And if you can't, what's plan B? Mm -hmm. All of these questions are at the sort of core of what we're dealing with here because on a day-to-day, you've got so much dysfunction, right, on the ice. But apparently they're having so much fun playing with each other. That quote from Ethan Bear is shocking. Like, we've got to have – we've got to stop having so much fun. Don't they look like a completely miserable group during those games? Yeah, and and they're and they're losing. They gotta right? stop. They gotta if they, I think he was kind you- of frustrated that they're having so much fun that they enjoy playing with each other so much. Like, be better. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I, if I had to guess based on the tone, it was more like you know we we have to. Um, Stop having so much fun, and the translations we grow need, up as a hockey team. Well, yeah, we have to be less unserious and more serious. I think that's kind of the takeaway from that. Uh, we should go to break. Did you guys? You go, you've got a, like a special. What we learned: the dogs are all excited. I would say it's special. It's uh, it's a good. They one. were humping humping someone's leg. You guys were all excited. That's every day. Great. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're gonna do what we learned on the other side. Friendly reminder that uh, the Halford and Bruff experience is about making sure you have a good experience. And to do that, we're giving away not one, but two pairs of tickets to see the Canucks play hockey. Huh? Am I right? You get to see the Blues as well. 7.30 tonight, Rogers Arena. We're giving away a pair of tickets. Two pairs of tickets. That's how excited we are. All you got to do is text in on what we learned. What did you learn over the last 72 hours in sports? Literally everything happened in sports over the weekend. So you should have lots of material to work with. The Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. It is the Smalt Alternative. Hashtag it WWL and put a ticket emoji in your text that will enter you into the grand prize draw for two pairs of tickets to see the Canucks and Blues tonight, 730. Note the start time at Rogers Arena. We got to go quick break. Don't go anywhere. And if you're in your car, uh, stick around. Don't change the dial. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Now for my favorite part of the show. Well, that's a talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. 8.32 on a Monday, Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program, we are right in the midst of it. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. You know, the other thing I want to do in addition to more traffic updates is I want to lean really into being like the morning AM radio DJ, right? <laughs> I want to take like little news bits and snippets from around the world, right? Okay. Are you going gonna- to more stuff like that on the Do show? you have like an example of that that you could share? Oh, well, no, we go outside the sporting realm. Like, we'd have, like, news to Like, what happened in what happened with celebrities this weekend? Did celebrities do anything? Are they up to it again? Are they being crazy? They're at it again, Michael. At it again. I'm going to go through some crazy. celebrity birthdays. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> and then we could throw to music. I always want to throw to music. Yeah. Have a funny little joke and an anecdote. Like, we, and can now talk, ta- we can talk about Harry and Meghan. Right. And coming up next, Taylor Swift. Is anyone watching that? No? Um, no? So what is it exactly? Anyone watching her, her brilliant performance? Is it, is it just a sit-down interview over a series I, I of episodes? <laughs> I've seen a few clips. I've seen a few clips, and it makes me go, blah. Coming up next, the weekend. Yeah. Okay. I missed I'm just, your calling. I'm auditioning. Um, Laddie and Andy are very excited about a what we learned, so do a what we learned. Do your what we learned. Um, <laughs> so here's, here's what I, uh, a little background and what it's like to, to work with the dogs. Here we go. I said, um, 
maybe you guys can use the Fridge clip from 32 Thoughts as your What We Learned. And they both went, oh, yeah. we have a good What We Learned. You give him the puppy dog face. Yeah. And then he peed on the carpet. And then I was like, I oh, <laughs> are you guys toddlers? So this What We Learned better be good. Go. It's uh, it's something from about a month ago, and it just came across our desk actually on Friday, and we, we wish we would have played it on Friday, but Kay. we have it now, and it's from L.A. City Council, Okay. A, a, a program that they're trying to start up that's near and dear to my heart, Okay. and it's the Public Yacht Program. I don't want to give it too much more detail. Kay. Just listen to the clip. They're coming up and, and, and giving their case to L.A. City Council. Uh, what up? My name is Chad Kroger. Um, council, when I'm bummed, I party, and uh, I feel better for a while. If the party's really sick, though, I feel better for longer. A lot of ragers have made me feel really stoked. Keggers at my buddy Danny's, phone parties, and bottle service at Hakkasan. The ragers that truly make my froth peak, though, and this is beyond debate, are on a boat. Nothing feels as legit as being on a yacht deck with a linen shirt open, my body tight from a pre-vacay juice cleanse. What a freaking boost. One thing that bums me out, though, is that not everyone gets to participate. Why is it that only people like P. Diddy, Jeff Bezos, and my Uncle Ron get to experience the euphoria of being on a yacht? I think I have the solution. We need public yachts. 60 to 120-foot boats that can be borrowed like books from the library. The boat borrowers would have to do a lot of paperwork, which will blow, but I think it's necessary. With the public yacht program, our countrywide malaise would get sprayed by, away by jet ski Thank water. You, Chad. Thank you, Next speaker, are you JT Parr? What up, council? I am JT Parr. Chad is not exaggerating when he says that parting on a boat can benefit your soul. I suffer from anxiety. I often worry that my dad thinks I'm a whiner, but those worries disappear when I jump off a yacht's tuna tower. And he gets cut off pretty quick after that. <laughs> there you go. When, the next guy is the best part. Yeah, when he comes in for the kickers. Yeah. <laughs> so those guys are actually, the real names are Tom Allen and John Parr. And I think they've got a Netflix deal now. They do. What they a freaking yeah. boost. <laughs> That's my favorite. Like, so, probably like, do we have any real questions here? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to follow up on my compatriots assessment of boat parties. <laughs> We need more boat parties. Oh, man. That was good. What was the other one? The froth? The froth? Yeah, this is probably my other highlight. The ragers that truly make my froth peak, though, and this is beyond debate. <laughs> Come on. That's too good. We need to use that That's a little bit more. That's too good. Do, I, I honestly, I, I, I feel like city council meetings, too, are just like, mm-hmm. they are there for the taking. Yeah. Because there are so many city councils and so many... Like the, you, you have to be given a chance to speak at some of these things, right? That's part of it. It's that's the public process, mm-hmm. right? You have to have the floor is open now, right, for anyone, and then you can just yeah. But I mean, theoretically, yeah. <laughs> and then your froth is peaked. Is that it? No, I'm getting it wrong. Yeah, you're. You don't have the surfer lingo down. You Damn it. Okay. Work on that. Uh, you know what? I'll say this. You guys did an excellent job. That was a very good what we learned. Yes. Thanks. Congratulations. Ah! Give yourself a, a, a well-earned moo cow. Is that better than 32 thoughts, Jason? It actually was. Thanks. What a you boost. Know? <laughs> <laughs> what some, a I want to hear Freeze free do a 32 thoughts in that voice. <laughs> so we're getting rumors out of Vancouver. He kind of looks like he's got like surfer hair sometimes. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah. Like he just got out of bed and his hair is like crazy. It was gnarly sleep. 
Sean with a what we learned into yep. the Dunbar Lumber text Here line. We what we learned. JT Miller's been giving. <laughs> JT Miller's been giving drop pass lessons to the Patriots. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. That really is well actually done. really good. Really well done. Really well done. That a boy, Sean. Um, we yeah okay. A reminder. Now that Sean is clearly in the lead for these, uh, we're giving away two pairs of tickets to go see. Uh, Andy's c- already awarded the winners, so Sean, because he was late, will Sean, not you get were, the tickets. you were in my lead. I'll tell you what, Sean, next time that we give away, we're giving away tickets tomorrow. We are. You want to just do a preemptive? No. <laughs> no that we would, can't do that. Well, that wouldn't work. <laughs> no. Don't let them see how all the sausage is made, Andy. <laughs> Let's leave something to mystery. Uh, Sean, that's a good one, though. Um, we, yeah, reminder, we're giving away tickets t- tomorrow as well, right? We're giving away tickets? We are, yes. Uh, to the it, Kraken game. To right, the okay. Kraken. Do you think JT Miller was watching that and was like, you know what? On paper, that was a good plan. Yeah. Just didn't work out. You got to take chances out there. So, uh, Jacoby oh, Myers. did the drop pass. <laughs> You're really leaning into the, <laughs> the yacht guy thing, which is good. Um, Jacoby Myers, who threw the ill-advised, later, Ill-advised lateral to mm-hmm. what was supposed to be Mac Jones, ended up being the Chandler Jones. Uh, did you watch any? He... he, he had to face the media afterwards. Oh, the media asked to ask, yeah. ask him a few questions. Uh, Jacoby, first question. Uh, he he was obviously really upset, but mm-hmm. he didn't try to even hint or suggest that anyone was responsible other than him. Right. It was actually kind of refreshing because he got the ball lateral to him. Well, how right? could he honestly put that on anyone else? No, no, I'm just saying, like, he didn't even try to I'm say I'm not going to congratulate him for, like, no, no, you no, know no. what? You know, My bad. You're missing, Hand up. You're missing the point. Okay. Um, it's not about, like, him shouldering the load, but it was just like, because someone was saying, well, Ramondre Stevenson, the running back, that started off this whole kaleidoscope of errors by doing the pitch. Yeah. Right? And he was like, it doesn't matter what Ramondre did. Like, I, you know, he throws me the ball. I have to be responsible for mm. it. Because the, the underlying sentiment in all of that play was that the, the Patriots collectively went rogue mm-hmm. on Belichick, that it started with Stevenson, and then it went to Myers, and everyone just said, screw it, we're going to try and win this game right here. Right. right. And he was saying, he's like, no, 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 this is 100% like I just made a stupid play. Even Stevenson's lateral to me wasn't that bad. I just made the worst play in NFL history. Congratulations, Stevenson. I've heard uh, that the Seahawks are going to try and sign Mac Jones to help them stop the run. That was, I mean, I feel bad for him. He got stiff-armed into oblivion. Really? Like, he, it was like little kid style. Like, Chandler Jones took his head. Well, he and, just doesn't, he doesn't, ta- he doesn't practice tackling. No, well, when, clearly. When would he have ever <laughs> clear tackled anyone? But like, ever. It just, it was such a big kid, little kid moment. Like, he just took his helmet and mashed it into the ground. Uh, Frank, with what we learned, Denver can win without Russell Wilson. Yeah, they just have to play the Arizona Cardinals. I think Denver moved up, so the Seahawks now have the third pick I wanted it was too busy of a sports day to mention it but I did want to have so thankfully this came through have it in somewhere that the one week where they sit out Russell Wilson also coincides with the week where they win a football game unsigned what we learned Messi is the goat and Matt Ryan is the goat of second half collapses so Matt Ryan was the quarterback in the most famous Super Bowl collapse 28-3, to the Falcons were leading the Patriots, lost that one. Mm -hmm. And now he was the quarterback of the team that had the largest blown lead in a regular season game. Is that correct? In any game, regular season or playoffs. It's 33 points is the largest comeback in NFL history. What was the comeback in the Music City Miracle? The Music City Miracle was the 
lateral on the kick return. The one you're thinking. No, about no, no. Was, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 Thirty-four yeah. to three it was a thirty-one point comeback. This okay. was a thirty-three point comeback. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, what we got? Oh, there's a lot coming in. I'll just do this as a collective. What we learned. A lot of like soccer can be exciting, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I here's today I, I learned that yeah. soccer can be exciting you've seen seen these right like oh my gosh it's actually entertaining um i'll say this i'm really happy that uh for the amount that we talked about it and quite frankly at times i felt like maybe we were forcing it on our audience i'm really glad that it ended that way Mm -hmm. we put uh we had a lot invested in the world cup i think from a personal standpoint as well sure canada's involvement england's involvement Mm -hmm. i think we also really wanted it to be something that people tuned into and maybe hadn't given it a lot of thought. I had, like I would, if you got introduced to the game over the last month, um, because you either listened to something on the show or, you know, we piqued your interest. You came to Hollywood theater or you wanted to watch Canada play like for all of, and it was a very controversial tournament. I'm not trying to like whitewash what went on. Sure. And there were a lot of bad moments, but um, it was, it was very rewarding to put that honestly that much time just in viewing like there were weird hours and everything and then have it pay off with that mm-hmm. that was that honestly might was have... that the greatest soccer game you've ever yes, watched yes yeah. yes and i was almost in awe and, and i didn't really understand it until afterwards because i kind of got like an adrenaline junkie i'm like no we need more i want more twists and turns mm-hmm. and when when the 3-3 penalty happened for france i was like it's not done yet no 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 they're not done yet something's still coming Did... sure enough there was the martinez save right at the death do you think it's going to be weird going back to just regular soccer after that? There was a joke, and I, you'll probably know who the player is, but there's a player in Ar- uh, Argentina that, that plays for Brighton, Hove, and Albion. Oh, it was uh, Alexis McAllister. Right. And the joke was like, now he has to go back to play with Sully March. No, no, no. The, the joke was that they, do you think he's excited for Charlton away <laughs> yeah, right. in the League Cup, which is coming up? I mean, it is. Do you think he'll be in the lineup for that one? <laughs> He's like, God, I just can't find I can't find the adrenaline here. I can't find the energy. It is the most interesting part of a Winter World Cup now. It mm-hmm. is what, everyone is like, what happens now? Yeah. Like, what happens when Mbappe and Messi go back to Paris Saint-Germain together? It's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Dude, that was a pretty crazy game. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations to you. These emotions were high out there, hey? Yeah. Eh? Holy. Yeah. It's like, who are we playing today? Racing Club Lulz. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know how you – I don't know. Uh, Dan in Fort St. John, what we learned, the Canucks need to hire a Michael Scott type to manage the team. The results would probably be equally terrible, but at least it would be entertaining. Um, has there been, uh, Rutherford calling random press conferences before the players, like players only meetings where they just come in and watch a bunch of videos. Has there, press be- conference. Has there been a mockumentary type, um, thing put together, a sitcom, a movie about a sports team? Like an office, the office, but sports. Yeah, or like a Spinal Tap, but in in sports, yeah. or just or just any. Has there been? I don't know, but that's a great so. idea. Yeah, it's, it's a, a great idea. idea. Yeah. Are there any screenwriters out there that would you know like steal this idea and that? give us credit. mockumentary yeah. style yeah, like, hockey? You know, team. we you know, said it out loud. I'm pretty sure that constitutes trademark. You yes. know, in the uh, in the credits when they say like story idea by, mm-hmm. well, the story idea was by me and. Dan and Fort St. John, and then you guys kind of glommed onto it a little bit. I'm taking full credit for that one. Um, Adam from Bowen, hashtag WWL, what we learned. A Tim Donahue-esque scandal seems like a possibility in the NFL these days. What happened in Washington last night was wrong. 
If not bizarre, do you know what he's talking about here? Did you see this? Did you guys see uh, this? I see it. I saw it. <laughs> I seen it. Uh, I, I saw it. Uh, sour. But uh, I didn't really understand what happened. So at the end of the Commanders' twenty to twelve loss to the New York Giants last night on Sunday Night Football, uh, the Commanders actually I call them the Manders by the way mm-hmm. for short. Um, I, the the Manders okay. had a chance to score in a one possession game. And they did. They scored a touchdown in the red zone. Yay! Mm-hmm. The problem was is that uh, Manders wide receiver Terry McLaurin was flagged for being offside. Right. It was actually an illegal formation penalty. Now, okay. the kicker is, is that Mc- they, ha- they ran a bunch of pre-snap motion. As mm-hmm. I draw this up. You can't see that because you're listening. Um, and McLaurin had to be on the line of scrimmage. In order for this play to work, right? Because there were no eligible receivers anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So he he motioned to the sideline judge and to see, like, am I okay? Am I good? Am I all right? The sideline judge apparently verbally confirmed that he was. Right. And then McLaurin responded with a thumbs up. You can see it all play out in real time. Mm-hmm. McLaurin explained all this after the game. Almost immediately when the ball was snapped, that same official whipped a flag. Right. So it's like, he's like it would be the equivalent of, a, you good? Yeah, I'm good. And then the play starts, and he like trips you, basically. It's like, I thought, right. I thought you said we were good. What's going on here? So was there an explanation from the NFL or anything? The, uh, John Hussey, which is a great name, mm-hmm. uh, who is the, the guy that does all the public relations in the aftermath for the officials, he said he didn't see this particular instance of the receiver and, uh, and official talking. Right. But he said, the official is under no obligation to confirm nor deny whether you're illegally lined up or not he's like a blackjack dealer he's like i, I can't tell you whether they hit exactly. or not you can you can ask me <laughs> what would you do in this situation sir please stop asking yeah. that. i'm not allowed don't, my pit boss is watching don't do this it but it, when you watch it play out in real time it's very bizarre because it wasn't he knew what he was about to embark in mclaurin i mean like right. he knew that it was a, a play where you needed to be in the right spot so he checked. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he just lined up off in the wrong position. It was a very odd situation. Uh, I'm sure that we're going to get another public comment from it today because every, the, the box is wide open on this one. Uh, Daniel and Campbell River, what we learned, my dad and I would rather watch a 13-year-old Charlie Woods play golf recorded than the Canucks game. I didn't follow this, but I saw it on the TV. Oh, there he is right there. Uh, yeah, Charlie. there's a Charlie. father-son, and, and Tiger let Charlie do media it was kind of funny because Charlie had, uh, I guess, a little injury that was causing him to limp. Okay. And then um, he kind of looked like Tiger limping like around the golf course. Yeah. And you know, people were kind of joking around. It's like, he limps worse when he hits a bad shot, just <laughs> like dear old dad. It's like it's the, it's, it's it wasn't my fault I hit the bad shot I got this I got this limp uh, and congratulations to Vijay Singh and his son for finally winning. The father son tournament. Oh, nice! It wasn't. It wasn't the Woodses. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, the Dailies. It was the Sings. Uh, Colin and Tawasson with a what we learned hashtag WWO what we learned. I thoroughly enjoyed this World Cup and will miss the international pageantry of the fans and the poetic commentary of Peter Drury. It was also over the top and yet so perfect. So I've got um, a couple different text threads, and it's often guys eye rolling. At Peter Drury, they think it's too much, and it's too. It is a little much, but I don't know. I like. I I loved his line that 
Lionel Messi has shaken hands with paradise. Yeah, do you not feel like... like that's awesome. That yeah. is an awesome line. I mean, we just came off a week where Alex Evection's 800th goal was maybe one of the worst calls ever. It was uh, it was Chris Chelios who was popping in for the color commentary, just talking over it. I get a sense that when you listen to Peter Drury talk, there's a sense of event and there's a sense of gravitas mm-hmm. that he gets, right? And he, and he amplifies it. But, I mean, that's what you want, right? Do you want understated? I don't know. I mean, I get that it can be a little nauseating at times. And I, I understand that there's a bit of an eye roll where he's maybe overstating the moment. But that match, that moment, with everything that was there, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he really he captured the spirit of the thing. Yeah. Did he call the guy using the trophy on his body? And like you know that that picture that went around, I won't go into any more description. You're talking about Emiliano Martinez. Yeah, did Mm. did he call that? It's a different type of shaking hands. (laughs) (laughs) I would have loved to heard that call. No, he wasn't calling that particular part of the ceremony. For those that know, you know, Uh, Dan. With what we learned, my wife wanted us to watch a Hallmark Christmas movie on Saturday night instead of me watching hockey. I think I made the right decision. So does that mean that? Dan's wife got her her wish to watch the Hallmark Christmas movie on Saturday night, or did he watch the Canucks game? Those Hallmark Christmas Christmas movies are kind of entertaining if you yell out like sarcastic comments through the whole thing and kind of like ruin it for your wife or your girlfriend. Um, are they? They're all filmed here, aren't they? Like, A lot of them are in Abbotsford. Yeah, Abbotsford, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've I've actually never seen one. It's because um, the the producers at Hallmark were like, "I need to find the most magical place on earth," and then they went to Abbotsford. There's only one answer to that question. <laughs> there's one. There's one answer. <laughs> That's it. Um. Oh, okay. There's a bunch of other. I'm doing all the soccer ones, by the way. Um, Surrey Ryan hashtag WWO. What we learned. I don't like soccer. Oof. I hate PKs to decide a championship, but damn, that was a good game that had all the consp- compelling storylines. I still don't care for soccer, but fine, tips cap. <laughs> um, now, I'll say that, I don't know, how are, what, are, what do you feel about the penalty shootout? Are you one of those guys that's like... It's I a- hate it for hockey. I'm okay with soccer because I think the difference with soccer is it's harder to just keep going because you don't have line changes. Right, I mean, you don't yeah, have a you don't have a factor. you don't have a seventeen minute intermission between the periods. Those guys would be you know dead on their feet. Mm-hmm. Now that they have, remember FIFA briefly toyed with the golden goal idea where, but that but but wasn't going forever. It was just if a goal is scored in the thirty minutes of extra time, then the game is over. Yeah, that's that's yeah, what but, it was, but, but, but it, it wasn't it was, like it, was, unex- it, was, it, was it wasn't unlimited overtime, right? It was to incentivize getting forward and finishing the match without a shootout. That was the genesis of it, right? Is like, yeah. let's try and give mm-hmm. a dangling carrot so that the moment you score, the match is over. I've never had a problem with it. I just and I think now, like I, I was talking about earlier with James Sharman, I think the penalty has become so much more fascinating to me because keepers are saving them with more regularity. Yeah. And the, the, it seems like the pressure of the moment has only escalated even further. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe it's, it's just, just the me. tradition of it. Like, I don't like it in hockey because I'm used to hockey just going sure. as long as it needs. Um, and I, I do think it's it's different. I mean, obviously, it's very difficult on the players in hockey. But when you get a when you can take a little bit of a breather on the bench, 
um, or you get the the intermission between periods. Like you do get a little bit of rest. You can you can even eat a little bit if you have to. Um, you can get your fluids. Now soccer, I guess you can take a little bit of a rest in that you're not sprinting everywhere, right? Like you are in hockey. Um, but the I don't know. As an England supporter, I probably should hate penalties by now. It's just like you know what? Let's let's change it up. Remember but you you would say they peak your froth. All right, I'm done for the day. <laughs> Perfect timing, really, because there's the music. We got to go. Jeff Merrick will be up next. Is there what's what's the odds that there will be a Canucks mention early and often when Merrick and Fried start talking today? Uh, pretty good odds, yeah, I think. I would imagine they're pretty the good gift. Odds. That, they're the gift that keeps on giving. I'll just leave it at that. If you want tickets. Congrats and enjoy the game tonight. A reminder, it starts at 7.30. And please be safe on your way to and from Rogers Arena. But for now, we got to go. We'll be back tomorrow. Signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog and he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. The Ragers that truly make my froth peak, though, and this is beyond debate, are on a boat. What a freaking boost.